0: This is Major Tom, and you're listening to The Dispatch on Star Radio. This is the first edition of the show. I'm very excited to start this. Um, and just so you know what The Dispatch will be all about, um, it's a news show where I'm going to recap all of the news of the previous week. And given this is the first edition, it's going to be a few bits of news from, from um, the week before and the week before that a little bit. Uh, a little bit. And, you know, it's going to be a lot about current affairs, but I'm going to try and have a bit of entertainment news in there, just to make it a bit more all round, because current affairs news can be, as we know, quite depressing. So a little bit about me. Uh, My name is Tom Wilson. I'm a second year IR student here at the University of St. Andrews. Uh, And I've always been passionate uh, about news and journalism, which is why I want to study uh, in the future. I come from, my parents come from two different countries. My dad's British, my mum's Belgian. uh, And I grew up most of my life in the small country of Oman. Um, I've lived a very international and a bit of a weird life. So for me, talking about world news and all of that, uh, it just seems so natural to me. Now, uh, I'm not going to waste your time much longer. uh, So I'm going to jump uh, straight in to our first story, which is the protests in the city of Ottawa in Canada. So... Ottawa, as a lot of you may know, is the capital of Canada. And for the last two weeks, it's been marked by a lot of protests known as the trucker protests. Uh, A bunch of truckers um, have protested uh, a lot of the COVID um, restrictions that have been put in place in Canada. Specifically, the the new rule that all truckers crossing the U.S.-Canada border must be vaccinated. Now, you've probably all heard... About uh, these protests, these types of protests over the uh, last uh, year or two with COVID. A lot of people have been anti-vaccine, anti-mask. You've probably seen a lot of school districts of angry parents saying that they do not want their kids to be vaccinated or wear masks in school. Um, Just so you know, uh, I'm very much pro-vaccine. This is not going to be an opinionated show uh, because I don't really believe in that. But uh, I just want to make it clear that just in case anyone gets any ideas, that I am absolutely pro-vaccine and pro-mask, which in fact, we are wearing masks in the studio right now talking into the microphone. I am wearing a mask just in case we spread COVID to uh, other people. But going back to the Ottawa protest, the difference here compared to other protests, you know, if you just imagine a protest, you'll see people out in the streets, you know, big masses um, going down maybe one of the big main downtown streets. The difference here, while this is also happening, you will have trucks Parked in different places of Canada, uh, sorry, of Ottawa. So a lot of the big uh, shopping districts will be blocked off. Um, so you have a lot of problems. A lot of the residents in Ottawa have been reporting a bit of harassment. Quite actually, quite a lot of harassment from some of the truckers. And because it's not only truckers really, well, it's a trucker uh, a trucker protest. A lot, a lot of the protesters will be just other people who are anti-vaccine, anti-mask, who have joined in. So much so so much so uh the problems have just been building up and building up that uh the mayor of ottawa declared uh on thursday a state of emergency uh meaning that the city was you know sort of on the sort of lockdown uh which um i have a friend that goes that goes to university in ottawa my friend jorge uh he goes to the to carlton university and he decided i uh, you know i checked in on him i said hey jorge how are you you know i've known him since you know i was 12 years old so jorge how are you you know How how is he doing? I was a bit worried for him. Uh, Pretty much, uh, he did something which, you know, it's a very Jorge thing to do. He just said he packed up his bags and he went to Toronto for the weekend um, with his girlfriend. So uh, good luck, Jorge. hope you're having a good time in Toronto, if you're listening. Probably better than being stuck uh, in a state of emergency. However, yesterday, uh, there was a bit of a new development surrounding the uh, protest in the fact that the um a lot of the tr- some of the truckers decided to take the road to Ottawa airport and disrupted it for i think it was about 3 yeah around 3 hours um this was reported by CBC uh, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation they were slowing down traffic uh, blocking roads so obviously that impacted people's flights that impacted people's livelihoods so a lot of these protests have been about simply um disrupting uh the way of life uh, so not simply just w- walking down which has been a bit of a problem uh not just in ottawa but you've seen similar protests come up in other parts of canada which uh has now meant that the federal government of uh, the federal government of uh canada has gotten um involved in this I- in this situation the problem is as well that well this is not simply a canadian issue um there is a convoy of trucks that is going to be leaving from southwestern canada uh so no sorry yes from southwestern canada to go all the way down to los angeles so it's going to impact um some of the crossings into the united states i mean it already has there's been some um i mean uh the u.s government today uh this morning asked that the um that the federal canadian federal government do something about the about these truckers as it's impacting a bit of trade um and some of the immigration points into the United States, but this um, this one from the southwest of Canada that I was talking about, which is going to go through Seattle and try to go then down to Los Angeles, and from there somehow get to Washington DC. Their plan now is to disrupt the Super Bowl with uh, this Sunday, which is um, happening in LA. So yeah, expect uh, expect to hear more about this story next week uh, back on the show, uh, because you know, I don't think, I personally don't think this is quite over. I think there's going to be more to this story. Um, maybe not, you know, necessarily anything dramatic, but there's already been, as as you may all know, um, uh, a lot of protests, especially in the United States. Uh, probably the United States has been the country which has probably the biggest divis- divisiveness over masks, vaccines. So, especially if this reaches uh, a, a very much an American institution in the Super Bowl this could have uh, some consequences. So moving on to our next story, uh, I'm going to talk about something which uh, you've probably very much all heard about a bit dramatized in the last few weeks which is the situation in Ukraine uh between Russia, Ukraine and the West and all of that and are we going to war or is this going to be a big World War Three situation? First off, relax. Uh, that's very unlikely. Uh, but I'll do a quick, quick recap because obviously this is, um I'm not sure if I preface this at the beginning. Uh, I know that news and current affairs can be quite, uh, you know, depressing. It can be quite, uh, for some people, it can be quite boring because you're hearing a lot of the same things a lot of the time. And I fully understand that. Um, you know, sometimes even myself, I think during the first probably the second covid lockdown when i was back home in the middle east uh, i think i just sw- s- switched off from the news because it was just going on and on and on uh you know another day another b- bit of bad news um so i can fully understand how a lot of people feel and how you know they may feel like this is uh, they-, they may not want to necessarily listen to all the depressing news so i'm going to try and make sure that these recaps are not you know Trying to make them a bit bit fun. Um, Make sure that they're they're sort of brief in a way. So you don't have a long, long, long uh, tirade about, you know, different borders and all of that. So just making sure that you guys get the quick information. uh, Because the tag of the show is uh, a weekly news show so you can impress your parents. Um, So make sure, uh, you know, you can come home for break and tell your parents all you've heard uh, on the news uh, with this show. So... Situation in Ukraine. Let's have a bit of a simple recap, shall we? So, first and foremost, this is all the, the premise of the Ukraine situation. Well, there's been a lot of, um, you may have heard, you know, in, in 2014, uh, Russia annexed Crimea and all of that uh, from Ukraine. This is more to do with the fact that Ukraine and the West, they've been trying to partner a bit so that Ukraine can join NATO, uh, which is the organization uh, made up by the West, which was set up to... Uh, sort of not necessarily combat, but um, rival the Soviet Union to make sure, because as, as you can think of uh, the size of Russia, you know it's the biggest country size-wise in the world. Back when the Soviet Union was a thing, there were many other states, including Ukraine. Then the Soviet Union broke up, and it became uh, a bunch of different states. A lot of them were known as Yugoslavia. Some of them became their own states, like Ukraine. Um, and at that time in the nineties there was an agreement made that certain like certain countries which border Russia would not join NATO because obviously Russia feels threatened um if a lot of the if, if, if some when it, how to explain this is that each country has a sphere of influence, a, a a a sort of just if you imagine on a map a sort of big circle. And that's sort of the 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 power they have over certain countries and the influence that they have over them. So if you think of the United States, the United States has a very, very big sphere of influence. And Russia is obviously been diminishing since the Soviet Union, but they've been trying to and have done in a way uh, upkept that. I mean, if you see in the Syrian conflict, Russia has very much had a big hand to play in that. So Russia has had a, is is angry that Ukraine is flirting with NATO and that the West is trying to get Ukraine to join NATO after these uh, agreements in the 90s. So Russia have um amassed some troops near uh the the Ukraine border. Um claimed to not want to be invading, but obviously you amassed about was it 100,000 troops? I think it was maybe more than that across you know in someone's border you're going to be a bit um you're going to find it a bit weird that uh there's a lot of troops there and you're obviously going to feel threatened about an invasion so ukraine felt threatened by the build up of troops and a lot of the western countries have rallied around ukraine's so, um i mean uh, you know diplomatically it's been a very much a cold war type situation sort of west versus east and the U.S. sent a small amount of troops to Ukraine, about 3,000 troops, which, you know, that doesn't look very very much look good. I mean, someone in my IR tutorial last week was asking our tutor, you know, does this mean war? Um, Which is, you know, which I can understand why a lot of people think that way because it's a bit, you know, people sending troops to each other. It's very reminiscent of, you know, any previous conflict. But to carry on, then the U.S., um, diplomatically threatened to stop the this this gas pipeline called Nord Stream 2 sounds very complicated but pretty much how this works diplomatically and how this would hurt Russia from the US is that there's like certain there's not many countries in the world that can provide gas to other countries and obviously we're not yet you know at a green revolution uh fully yet you know we don't we don't necessarily live you know I mean especially if you look around We're not at a stage where we have renewable energy, so we need to use gas, we need to use petrol, as you know, if you drive cars. Um, So, Russia is one of the countries which supplies a lot of the gas to the world, uh, especially because their gas is one of the cheapest uh, out of most other countries. So... This Nord Stream two, there is a Nord Stream one pipeline which which provides gas, which pretty much goes from Russia to Germany. Germany is one of the biggest customers of gas, which is why in this um, in this in this situation they've been very much uh, neutral. They've tried not to have any, any any problems with either Russia or the West, because obviously they are allied with the West, especially in the Merkel years. But they get their gas from Russia, and they don't want a price increase. They don't want to lose that, because obviously that'd be terrible economically for Germany. So there's this other pipeline called the Nord Stream 2 which would go from Russia through the Baltic Sea into Germany and you know since it goes through the sea the US obviously have their navy at disposal to get rid of it. So they threatened Russia and they've said look listen if you invade Ukraine if you do anything stupid we we'll, we we'll, you know we'll pretty much blow up that pipeline which is bad for Russia as well because they obviously as I mentioned before they get a lot of economic benefits from that. So um after that, uh, you had a lot of the world leaders meeting. I mean, earlier in January, you had Biden, uh, not Biden, sorry, Anthony Blinken, who's the um, Secretary of State for the United States, meeting with his counterpart from Russia. Biden and the German sans- the new German Chancellor Olaf Scholz met. And then last a few days ago, Xi Jinping of Russia and Vladimir Putin um, met up to discuss uh, their strategies. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm obviously a, a, a student at university. I'm never going to claim, I will never claim on this show, especially not until I get a, a degree or some sort, I'll probably, you know, give it 10 to 20 years. Even then, I don't think I'll be an expert in anything. But I'm never going to claim to be an expert. But I'm going to try and give you, uh, you know, the analysis of people who've been doing this, obviously been researching this way longer than I have. And, you know, while my thoughts on the situation... So to get to, down to this, are we going to war? This is this going to be a big World War Three? Should we run? Should we like the first COVID lockdowns? Everyone get toilet paper from the store, you know, and then run back out, um, kind of isolate in your homes. No, the likelihood of, um, of war is very low. I mean, even um, Ukraine uh, was getting quite angry at the Western media, at the Western press for... Uh, Pouring fuel on the fire. All these uh, talks of war, and that has actually really hurt Ukraine's economy. Um, you know, they don't want to be invaded. Obviously, they obviously want help from the West. In that sense, but talk of them being invaded has not helped them uh, as such. Um, and again, it's unlikely that Russia will invade because this all goes back to NATO and these deals I talked about made earlier. Um, you know, obviously, I'm not going to say. Good on Russia for putting on troops. That's you know, it's not good at all. You don't want war. You don't want any threats of war, uh, especially for because this the worst. As we all know, the people who impacted the worst are just the local populations. They want nothing to do with this. You know, they're just minding their own business. Uh, it's a lot of the countries that are just deciding to, you know, spread their in, spread their influence. So there's not necessarily a good and bad guy in this problem. You know, all countries just have their own interests in mind. It's more about um, NATO again and Russia just trying to make sure that Ukraine doesn't join NATO. Uh, Overnight, uh, President Joe Biden called on all American citizens remaining in Ukraine to leave the country immediately due to increased threats of Russian military action. Again, now, I'm never going to say it's not going to happen because we could be there next week and I'm going to look like a right idiot because, you know, something has happened. But the very big likelihood is that nothing happens we've been here before you know this is this is i mean you just think back even to the worst times the cold war years there wasn't really you know there may be some skirmishes here and there but there was nothing really you know we we didn't go into world war 3 we've we've had a lot of institutions put up in place um for that to happen but that's a recap of the ukraine situation um i've tried my best uh again not an expert but this is my radio show, and I'm going to try and make sure that these uh, pieces are concise, so you get an idea of what's going on. Uh, throw some information at you. Um, you know, try my best to. Because again, this is not a an opinionated show, but I'm going to give you, you know, what other experts have said. What's the biggest likelihood of of, of things to happen? Um, this is not a political show. Uh, you know, this is a current affairs show. I report the news, not necessarily who I support, and that. Anyway. Moving on from a bit of the uh, depressing uh, news uh, and, you know, a bit of the, the the war and are we going to go to war and all of that. Um, throughout this show, I'm going to try and have different pieces of music play, maybe about three to four times in a broadcast. Uh, pieces of music that I put on Instagram, uh, which you can follow me at Star of the Dispatch. You know, I put on my story, hey, is there any song that you guys are interested that I play? Or as well, some of my favorites that I've grown up listening to. Uh, songs that I've been uh, a big fan of, uh, different types of song, songs, you know, just to lighten the mood a bit because the topics we talk about, especially in the first part of the show, you know, they've not been necessarily the most fun topics and the topics that will make you smile. You know, we've had anti-vaxxers, uh, truckers blocking Canada's economy on one end and then we've had, you know, potential, well, so-called potential World War three in Ukraine, which, you know, of course, has not been the most fun. So, the first song that I'm going to play uh, for you guys is one that, um, from an artist I really like. Uh, he's called Bobby Caldwell. You've probably heard his most famous song called What You Wouldn't Do For Love, uh, which you, probably heard, you know probably heard at some different parties. It's a very cool, vibey uh, 80s song. Um, but this one, uh, I-, I heard it over winter break, and I played it nonstop. Uh, I think my parents got really sick of me playing this, playing it in the car nonstop. It's called uh, You Belong To Me by Bobby Caldwell. Uh, cool, cool smooth song a uh, bit of an upbeat as well so let's take a listen I'll see you right back after the song That was You Belong To Me by Bobby Caldwell. I hope you all like that. Uh, there's going to be different types of music um, throughout uh, the different It's not simply going to be, you know, sort of a bit of soul uh, and that like that was just now. I'm a fan of a lot of music. Uh, my dad has actually been really influential in the type of music I listen to uh, back home. We have a ton, a ton, a ton of CDs just from different eras. Um, yeah, and he's really been influential in uh in my listening of 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 music and the different genres I listen to. Uh I managed to introduce him to uh hip hop um uh last few the last few years. But what surprised me the most is that himself, he uh he's become a fan of Mac Miller, which I think is quite cool. Um so Dad, if you're listening, I uh, love you. And obviously uh I want to say thank you to my mum uh uh because thanks to her, you know, she's the one who made me follow my passions and news and all that. And without her, you know, I don't think I'd be sitting here choosing to do a radio show and speaking on air to people, which is quite frightening, actually. Uh, so thank you, mum. So moving on to news, which is not necessarily, de- which is not actually depressing now, because um, uh, as I said before, I like to talk about entertainment as well. You know, I'm big on current affairs, but I really love music and I really love movies. And I really love sports. So... Um, and as well, you know, there's gonna be different bits of news, which are not necessarily current affairs, but kind of interesting, you know, things that are going on. So I'm gonna talk about these now. The Oscar nominations, um, the Oscars are in, uh, I think a couple of weeks. God, I should really know this. This is really bad of me that I haven't written down the date of when they are, but they're soon, uh, which is why we have the nominations now. So, uh, the movie Power of the Dog, w- sorry, Power of the Dog. With Benedict Cumberbatch leads the nominations. There's 12 nominations across different ca- categories. Then uh, after that is Dune with 10 nominations. Um, and I've, I've seen Dune, so I'll probably talk about uh, some of the movies that I've seen. I've actually not been very good this year uh, at looking at some of these movies. Honestly, oh, it's like probably two that I've seen, two, three, I think. But yeah, I'm going to read you through the nominations now, um, just so you know, just so you get an idea of who's nominated. So for the Best Actor nominations, we have Will Smith as uh, King Richard, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch for Power of the Dog. Um, We have Andrew Garfield in Tick, Tick, Boom. That was fantastic. I really loved that. Um, Denzel Washington in The Tragedy of Macbeth, and Javier Bardem in Being the Ricardos. Uh, By the way, Tick, Tick, Boom. uh, That's on Netflix. Now, am I talking about Tick, Tick, Boom only because it's the only one of this list I've seen? Maybe, but I also really liked the movie. I watched it on the plane uh coming back for, coming in January just back from uh, back home back to St Andrews um, I watched that on the plane uh I very rarely cry movies actually, I barely cry i'm I'm an emotional person, but somehow just not when it comes to movies. uh yeah, I was just on the plane bawling up, and then I find out afterwards the two guys next to me also go to St. Andrews. That was a bit weird and a bit awkward but tick tick boom uh, Andrew Garfield in it he plays Jonathan Larson who's a um, uh, he's a guy who made musicals um, I'm not going to spoil the movie for you obviously go have a look at it uh, he's a guy trying to make it uh, in the uh, theatre industry you know he's he's writing his own musicals he's not very successful at it but is he going to make it uh, find out really great performance from Andrew Garfield uh, then Best Actress nominations Olivia Coleman. Uh, in The Lost Daughter*, Olivia Corman, who's won uh, an Oscar before. I think that was for The Favourite. Uh, and, you know, you've probably seen her in Broad Church and in uh, The Crown, where she played the Queen uh, up until last season. Then Nicole Kidman in Being the Ricardos, Jessica Chastain The Eyes of Tommy Faye, Kristen Stewart in Spencer, and Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers. I'm going to try and watch some of these because, you know, I, I say I like movies and it's a really bad look that the host of the radio show hasn't seen any of these five movies. So I'm going uh, to watch one. It's a promise and I hope I keep it. I'm going to watch one this coming week, even though I have an SAG Wednesday and I'm seeing my friend in Edinburgh on Sunday. So praying, you know, I'm going to try and keep this promise. I'm usually good at that, but come back next week. I'll have watched one of these probably being the Ricardos, because it looks like it might be fun. Then, uh, Best Picture nominations, we have, again, The Power of the Dog. That really is leading a lot of the categories. West Side Story, Belfast, that's the Kenneth Branagh movie, which I saw as being advertised, might still be on at um, New Picture House uh, here in St. Andrews. Then Dune, Licorice Pizza, King Richard, Coda, Don't Look Up. That's the Leo DiCaprio movie uh, with um, Gen- Jennifer Lawrence, uh, you know, like Timothy Chalamet and a bunch of other people. That was on Netflix. Uh, the one about the the, the comet coming down. I've not seen it. My dad has. He actually kind of liked it, I think. Uh, if I remember that. If I don't, if that was wrong, Dad, please let me know, and I'll correct me on air. Um, drive my car and Nightmare Alley. Um, Dune. I saw that last semester with my friend Leith, who might feature on the show at some point. Um, I personally, I mean. A lot of people really liked it. I mean, the, cine- the cinematography of it was fantastic. That was really, really good. But um, maybe it's because I never read Dune. or Maybe because they didn't really give much context to me. Like, I came in, you know, and I love fantasy. It's not me being against fantasy. I love fantasy movies. I mean, as someone who barely watched Marvel before, I watched my first week back here, second semester, I watched like five of the movies. So I'm not against uh, fantasy at all. I really like it. I think story-wise, I was just confused. Uh, I guess was some sort of like colonization aspect to it, which is quite cool. But yeah, but the cinematography alone—if that doesn't win best, like you know, editing—I'd be very surprised. I know uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home is also nominated for like best editing, but you know, I'm just I'm just hoping that you know, uh, they're both very good. But I mean, Dune was like something—it felt like a step up, you know, something that we really hadn't hadn't seen like sci-fi. I mean, Star Wars is quite cool, but this was like just another level. Okay. Uh so those were the Oscar nominations. Uh next up, um actually before I talk about our next um ab- about our next story, I want to give a quick shout out to Elizabeth Whitworth, who's a, a friend of mine and the uh host of um a few uh, the show few here on St. Andrew's Radio, uh, who's told me um you should listen I should have played the song Back in the USSR by the Beatles after that Ukraine story. And that is a very good point. I should have absolutely done that. I should have really done that. That is very good. So shout out to Elizabeth and few, uh, the show Few. You can catch it here on Star Radio. So next uh, story I'm going to talk about is Jeff Bezos' yacht. So we all know Jeff Bezos, the uh, richest man in the world. Well, alternating with Elon Musk. Uh, you know, laughs like a supervillain, owns, like, owns Amazon, uh, will probably own all of us. By the end of the decade, let's be honest, we're probably all going to be working for Jeff Bezos. He's got this super yacht, so I'm talking like big boy yacht, you know. You know what I mean? I've, I, you know, it, where I grew up uh, in Muscat, there's a port area, and um, I mean, it's still the Sultan's yacht, but uh, the Sultan, the previous Sultan, Sultan Karbus, he um, he had this yacht. It's very impressive. It's it's stood in the harbour, uh, and now the new Sultan, Sultan Haitham, uh, that's his now. Uh, so that is impressive to see. But that's even bigger. Jeff Bezos, you know, he, he, he owns everything. So he's got a massive yacht and it's stuck in the city of Rotterdam. So I've got a clip here from the BBC just to have a, have a little listen, a two minute clip just to see what's going on with this bridge. Uh, you know, the story about a bridge, the super yacht, it being stuck. What are they going to do? You know, let's find out quickly.
1: A proud maritime nation. But the Koningshaven or King's Harbour Bridge, part of this port city's rich history, isn't big enough for Jeff Bezos' mega vessel. This steel structure was the first part of Rotterdam's iconic skyline to be restored after the city was reduced to rubble by the Nazis during the Second World War. Back then, Rotterdam Council said it would never be dismantled again. But now they've told the people there's no other way for the multi-billionaire superyacht to make it from this shipbuilder's yard in Alblasserdam to the open seas. Many Rotterdammers aren't impressed.
2: To be honest, I think it's one of the few more examples we got the last time. That the more monies you have, the more power you get. Even though it goes against principles of the city, the city said we're not going to do it in the first place. And now Bezos offers uh, some nice monies, and they're going to do it.
1: The council pointed out the construction of the mammoth three-masted yacht had been good for the local economy. Some locals, like René, Youngenil, have mixed feelings.
3: It's twofold. On the one hand, the council said they would never part it again. On the other hand, employment is also important for Osianko in Alblassadam, of course. They will dismantle it again just once.
1: Rotterdam Council has promised that the bridge will be put back together in its existing form with the Amazon founder or shipbuilder picking up the bill. There is a degree of resignation in Rotterdam.
2: Money makes the world go round,
3: eh?
2: Is what
1: they say, he says. If it's brought back in its original state, then it shouldn't be a problem. The procedure will take a few weeks and is expected to happen this summer. One Green politician called it a bridge too far. Anna Holligan, BBC News.
0: So, yeah, Jeff Bezos uh, is having a whole historical bridge destroyed... So his yacht can pass through. Well, you can look at it in two ways, as they mentioned it, uh, as they talked about in the um, uh, in the clip right there. You can look at it as you know the, the, the economic, the good for the economy aspect that people have built this yacht. That you know, uh, does it really matter that you're just dismantling a bit of metal uh, for it to for 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 you know this yacht to go by? Because it's good for Rotterdam's economy. Or you can look at it another way, as the um, first man interviewed said, and you can look at it as simply you know. This historical structure because there's also history as they mentioned to that to that bridge. It was bombed by, by you know Nazi Germany in World War Two. You know, is it fair? And you know, why should this man have this whole bridge taken apart? Because then you know, then it's annoying. I mean, you you know, a lot of you have probably lived in cities. You know that when you know works are happening, you know, things getting dismantled, especially a whole bridge. It's annoying, especially if you drive over that bridge or if you cycle over it. You know, it just makes life a bit annoying. So. Yeah. Uh, to me, if you have to ask my take on it, uh, this just adds to uh, the Jeff Bezos being a supervillain um, idea. Uh, you know, as I said, you've heard his laugh. Um, if you've not seen the clip of um, his new girlfriend, because, you know, his wife left him and all that, his new girlfriend talking to Leonardo DiCaprio and DiCaprio is literally flirting with her. Um, it's hilarious. Uh, he His eyes just look like he's going, you know, that's the moment. That's the moment he becomes the supervillain and he fights Batman or something. Um, so to me, yeah, that just adds to it. I'm giving it. I'm giving it five years. I'm giving it five years. Uh, we're gonna have um, Jeff Bezos rule over all of us, and it's gonna be like you know, you know, we're gonna have some superhero one of us uh, or some revolutionary uh, come in and save all of us from the tyranny of Jeffrey Bezos. So yeah, that was the the the, the Bezos story. Um, yeah, moving on to the uh, ne- to the next story, and this is actually pretty cool. Um, there's a guy. Um, yeah, there's a guy. There is a guy. There's a lot of guys. Um, a man, there's a paralyzed man with a, who, has, who had a set, still has a severed spinal cord. So just think of your, uh, your, your spine. It's a cord going down through it, and that's sliced. Not good. You're then paralyzed. Um, who's been able to walk again. How? He thanks to an implant developed by a team of Swiss researchers. Michel, Michel, Michel. I'm really sorry if I pronounced that wrong. I should know I speak French. Michel Rocatti was paralyzed after a motorbike accident five years ago. His spinal cord was completely severed, and he had no feeling at all in his legs. So he's now gotten um, uh, this implant, as well as nine other people who have been able to regain the ability to walk. Um, none of them use the implant to, to help them walk in their everyday lives. That means it's more for like practicing walking, going for maybe like very, very short bursts around the house. So it's, they're not going on like, it's not like they've got this implant now they're running marathons, right? Yeah, that's a step too far. Um, they use it to practice walking, which exercises their muscles, improves their health and often restores a little movement. Um... So how does it work? So if we go, um, if we think, so there's an image I'm trying to look at right now uh, to describe it to you. Imagine the spine, right? Think of someone, I've got scoliosis, so that probably wouldn't work on me. They'd just be like, nope, your spine's screwed, my friend. You know, you can't can't have that. Uh, But if you just imagine the spine, in the lower back, there's this implant which boosts the signal to the nerves. So that means like, you know, like you have different, you you have a whole lot of nerves in your body. But these ones, which were hurt by the severed spinal cord, they're being so the signal is being boosted, which allows them to now walk again. Um, which I think is really cool. Now this is really early stages. This is very, very, very beginning of um uh, uh, of this type of technology. But it's obviously very, very promising. Uh, you know, just imagine just just how far we've come in technology. Just the fact that someone who you know, was taught, hey, you're paralyzed from the waist down for the rest of your life. Now they can actually do a few steps? That's crazy, you know? So just imagine 20 years, 20, 30 years. If this moves on, you know, what's going to... We're really making big steps, and I think that's, you know... As I said, a lot of news on this program is going to be a bit depressing, but I'm going to make sure to have some cool stories like this um, just to make sure everyone's got, uh, you know, having a good time. Uh, listening, you know, making sure, you know, knowing that the world, there is some good in the world, you know, not everyone's evil. Not everyone's out to do bad things. Um, so yeah, I mean, just imagine the, what we could do in 30 years, just, you know, just especially people think of like someone like Stephen Hawking, you know, what can we do with people who have MND? You know, that probably, that's probably beyond our lifetime, especially, you know, even, you know, I'm 20, but you know, that's probably beyond my lifetime. Um, but just imagine what, what we could do. Now um, we've come to another part of the song segment, um, and this time it's a bit of a different song. It's more in the uh, hip hop type type song, um, and this is an artist a lot of you may you know some of you may not have heard, but I know him personally. I've known him since I was twelve years old. Uh, he's one of my very very good friend. We know We know him as Eli Eli Brink, but. You will, know, you will now know him through his uh, artist name, Joss a. Brink. Um He's made a, a number of songs that you can find on Spotify. Um, and he's got a new song out now, out this last week, called Summon New, uh, which is really good. You should give that a listen. But right now I'm going to play one of my favorites of his. Uh, it's called Thoughts. Honestly, you should really check him out. Uh, check him out on Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, he's in the US right now. He's probably asleep, and I don't blame him um but you know shout out to you eli a uh, great great guy hope you're having a good time and yeah I, I, everyone should check out his spotify he's doing really great stuff really good rap music so yeah that's this is thoughts by joss abrink
3: Was my
2: time I just wanna go for life. She wanted me for the night. I just want you by my side, shorty. Look me in the eye. You know I would never lie. No, i never say goodbye. All these thoughts up on my mind. All these thoughts, they waste my time. I just wanna go for life. She wanted me for the night. I just want you by my side, shorty.
0: By just a Brink. So we're nearing the end of the show. Um, you know, stuff, have, uh, you know, about a quarter an hour at quarter. Can't believe English is well one of my native languages, and I still manage to mess it up daily. We have a quarter of an hour remaining, a bit under that, about thirteen minutes. Um, so I've got a few stories left before uh the the uh, we play the outro. It's the end of the show. Up uh, until next week, you know, I'll be back. Um, so last few stories, I'm going to talk about, uh, a topic that some people, a lot of people like, some people hate, sports, uh, you know, when it comes to politics and sports, you know, I don't think there's, you know, in terms of the divisiveness that comes with it, there's not much difference. It's probably why I like both, you know? you know, I like the negativity in my life, but this first sports story is actually really good. Because the next one after that will be actually very depressing. So I'm going to give you the good one first because you want the good news first, and they're both football stories. Uh, That's uh, soccer for the Americans. Um, Christian Eriksen, he's a Danish football player. Um, You know, probably you know I'm not going to say one of the best. You know, he's not he's not like Messi, Ronaldo, but very very talented. And probably his best years came when he played for Tottenham Hotspur in the Premier League. So you may remember, some of you don't even follow football. He's the one, he's the footballer during the Euros Championship in July who collapsed during the first game against Finland. Literally, in in the first half, he had a cardiac arrest. Uh, collapsed down onto the floor. Um, you know, people around him. We had no idea how he was, if he was going to be okay. Uh, he lived, right? You know, this is why we're talking about this now. I'm not going to give you... I told you, it's a good news story. Get ready for it. Uh he had a uh, ICD implant uh, in his heart. So it kind of like sort of like, a, you know, you know just something that could regulate his heartbeat. But even though he had that, he's alive, right? He wasn't allowed to continue playing for his club Inter Milan in Italy because Italian laws and Italian rules in football mean that you can't play. Um, you know, it's it's too, it's too much of a risk uh, for the club, for the league, you know, You've already had one cardiac arrest. You already have something in your heart, an implant to to, to help you uh, live every day. So they don't, they don't, um, they they don't, they wouldn't allow him to keep on playing in Italy. So a lot of people thought, well, that's it, he's retired. You know, there's another player, uh, Sergio Aguero, uh, an Argentinian guy who also had heart issues. and He had to retire uh, these last few months. No, Christian Eriksen is back in football, and not only back in football. He's back playing in the Premier League. He signed a six-month contract with the club Brentford. Uh, he's probably going to make his debut. I'm going to say maybe next week or something like that. Don't know when Brentford's next game is. But this is really good news. I mean, I've, I love seeing Eriksen play. I'm really sad he didn't really, you know, he didn't play for my team, Manchester United. Uh, I mean, at the moment, you know, we're dire, so we probably needed some. I mean, even Eriksen with a damaged heart, I'd take him in right now. Probably better than most of our players. Um, so. Yeah, um, that's really good news. I'm really happy for him. You know, I, I was watching the game when he collapsed. I was with my dad. I think my mum was there as well, up, upstairs in our house. I have no idea what was going on because we all like Eriksson. I mean, no, I don't think there's anyone that dislikes Eriksson. Maybe Arsenal fans because, you know, rivalry with Tottenham. But I still think they probably, you know, you know they probably still have a, st- a soft spot for him. He's a good guy. Um now to the to the not so nice news again. You know, it's nice to end the depressing note. You know, I start off on a depressing note with anti-vaxxes, and I'm gonna end with someone kicking a cat, which we don't like. I had a cat, you know, she's dead now, rest in peace, squeak. Uh very good kitty. Um, um but you know, this is not very nice, but you know, I guess we have to talk about it. There's this player, another footballer by the name of Kurt Zuma. He's French. Uh he plays as a defender for West Ham United. He has, you know, one of the nicest smiles uh, you could see. Not as nice as Daniel Ricciardo, my favorite F1 driver. But, uh, you know, everyone thought, this guy, he's so nice. He's, you know, like, you know, everyone thought, oh, Zuma is great. I mean, for me, up until this came up, you know, I was like, Zuma, you know, really like him. Love to see him play. Even when he played for Chelsea, you know, and I don't really like Chelsea. So, you know, everyone had good thoughts of Zuma. Up until a few days ago, when he puts out a video on Instagram, this Cat was misbehaving, so he drop kicks it. Uh, the cat is fine, uh, let's be very clear. Very good news, the cat is okay. Um, that is probably the most important thing. You know, people who kick it. You know, I said I wasn't going to be opinionated, but I'm going to be on this one. Uh, people who abuse animals are trash, right? We're clear. I hope everyone agrees with me. If you don't, I don't like you. If you think animals can be abused, we're not friends. Um, so, the video surfaces of him uh, abusing his cat. Uh, his brother was in the video as well. Now, uh, for anyone who follows any type of sport, especially football, you know that money goes around. That money decides everything. And Zuma cost West Ham 30 million pounds. So here's a question. Do you think Zuma was dropped from West Ham or do you think he played for them in their game against Watford a few days ago? Obviously he played. Uh the manager David Moyes uh said that, you know, they could, you know, he couldn't drop his star defender. You know, of course, you can't drop someone, you know. How dare you punish someone who kicks their own cat? How could you? Um so uh luckily uh you know everyone's a lot of people were outraged by by the fact that Zuma was allowed to play uh but luckily um um the r s p c a the Royal Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, they took them away they took his cats away, brought them to safety. I hope they're in a better home now some you know someone's a chance to adopt these cats who loves and i mean someone who's some if someone who loves animals who's not you know gonna kick the cat again uh, if you wanna adopt the cat, please do because they deserve a better home. Uh, his younger brother, though, because he's not worth £30 million, You know, he plays for a lower league in the UK, uh, he was not picked for Dagenham, and he won't be picked until um, they review more of the uh, evidence. Dagenham's his team down in the lower league. You know, So again, the money in football makes means the fact that Zuma was picked and not his brother. Luckily, though, uh, Zuma's lost out on a bit of money because um, uh, Adidas uh, have dropped him as a sponsor. He will not be sponsored by Adidas anymore. And I would be surprised if uh, any other brand picks him. But one brand that I know won't pick him is Puma. uh, Because, you know, they obviously have a link to cat. So, you know, not going to look good for Puma uh, if they have a cat abuser uh, in their sponsorship team. Um, Moving on to the NBA. uh, You know, I've been trying to follow the NBA recently. I've uh, I've picked the Toronto Raptors that we won last night. That's good news. I couldn't couldn't watch because, you know, the games are like at 2 a.m. here. But I try and catch the highlights, you know, good news. But the big news here is that James Harden, who was a former MVP when he played for the um, uh, Houston Rockets, he's being traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. It's actually quite a big trade. Um, so he's, he was at the Brooklyn Nets uh, this past uh, this past season. Uh, he wasn't doing too hot. Really, you know, he wasn't getting on with his teammates, especially uh, Kevin Durant and all that. So he's being traded for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, that's brother of Steph Curry, uh andre drummond and two first round draft picks now i'm not very you know knowledgeable yet in basketball i probably will be you know and give it a year probably will know much more but um yeah to me that sounds like a big a, a, a big trade um then now to the nfl as i mentioned before super bowl this sunday again i actually know way less about this, the nfl than i do the nba but i'm going to try and catch it the kickoff is at 11:30 p.m uk time you can watch it in the students union uh, there going to be a big screen out. Uh, you guys can all come in, watch. Uh, I'll be there. You can say hi to me. Uh, but I'll probably watch the first quarter only because, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not going to be there till 4 a.m. because it's going to be long, long, long. Uh, it's the Cincinnati Bengals versus the LA Rams. Um, yeah. Uh, hopefully a good game. Uh, I, I, I know the Bengals are a pretty good team from what I've understood. Uh, their quarterbacks are pretty quite good. So it's 11.55 in the morning, almost noon. I'm hungry. Uh, I'm going to go get myself some food after this and study for my essay. Uh, That last part is mostly for my parents to not get angry at me. But no, I actually will. uh, I do need to study to read a bit and write this essay. But before uh, I play the outro song, I'm just going to, you know, let you all know just so this is going to be how the show will be uh, from now on. You know, I'm going to give you the news. Uh, if you have any feedback or anything, please let me know. You know, this is my first ever radio show. My first ever time speaking on air to people. So you know, if you want, if you want me to add some certain things, talk about certain subjects, you can uh, let me know on my inst on the sh- show's Instagram, which is at Star The Dispatch. Star for St Andrews Radio, the wonderful radio station you're currently listening to me on. Uh, so Star The Dispatch all together. Uh, and that's the show's Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram uh, if I like you, uh, Tom H. Wilson. That's Tom H. H for Henry. Dot Wilson. Um, and I will try and upload the show to um, our different. Uh, I mean, with Star, we've got different uh, places we upload the show to. But I'm going to try and make sure that they're also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, so yeah, my podcast will be on Spotify. You know, uh, with with with. Um, uh, our great COVID misinformation man, uh, Joe Rogan. Uh, so yeah, we have two apes on that platform, me and Joe Rogan. Um, so yeah, I've had a really good time uh, doing this first show. I hope it was good. I hope you could hear me correctly. I'm gonna listen to it and I'm gonna cringe about how bad my voice was. But yeah, looking forward to doing this next week. Every Friday, 11 a.m. You can catch um, you can catch the Dispatch on Star. Uh, of course, keep listening to. Uh, to the station uh you know we love having you guys um uh we love having you guys listen uh listen in so yeah thank you all for listening and for the outro song today the last song on the list it's heroes by david bowie major tom thanks for listening see you next week bye-bye